You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast, AcmePackingCompany.com, SB Nation, Packers Talk. Ben Foldy is here with me, Zach Rapport here. Hey, Ben. What up? No, not much. How you doing? You know, the huge off season, spring break. The off season, spring break. Oh yeah, we are we are in your school right now. Are you on spring break? I'm on spring break. I'm you, at school. When I got here, break. you appeared to be doing something academic. Or I you mean, know? I was still working. Oh, okay. I have stuff due in and immediately after spring Some break. Some spring break, man. Yeah, I know. No nope. Alex Patakis. Nope. Traffic continues to be a problem for him. Congestion pricing yeah. for your <laughs> true New York heads. <laughs> so uh, you are smack dab in the middle of our draft extravaganza. Uh, if you listened last week. Entering you, part two. Yeah, this is part two. If you listened last week, you heard part one. Jake Ogden at Seeds of Jake on Twitter dropped some serious knowledge talking about offensive skill position players, secondary players uh, that the Packers might want to target in the draft. Um, and if you haven't heard that yet, it probably means you are new to the show and have not subscribed to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Give us a rating. We don't get paid to do this, so that would be nice. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> that's, do I sound like an asshole? I don't know. I just, I mean, like, I don't, I don't see the logical connection. It's like we don't get paid, so it's an ego stroke. I guess. I mean, it makes sense. Just don't give us a bad rating then. But whatever, give us whatever rating you want. <laughs> Um, read the, read the bad ratings though; they're fun. And this week we will be speaking to Justice Mosqueda at Jumosk on Twitter. If you don't know the name, now you do. Follow him. If you, I mean, you just you're just doing it wrong. If, if you don't know already. the name, you're not on Twitter. Yeah, or you're not on like Packers and Draft Twitter. Co-host of the Setting the Edge podcast at Setting Edge with Charles McDonald. Really, really knowledgeable guys. Um, and he's uh, going to drop some serious knowledge. OL, DL, edge rushers, linebackers. That is his forte. So, and he will he'll drop names that that you might not have heard, and you will have little little recourse but to nod and then go Google whoever he's talking about. He's and also big on uh, talking about um, the Packers thresholds for players. Has been right on a number of guys that um, Dean Lowry is is one of them. I think he might have predicted the Kenny Clark pick, too. I believe that is accurate. Um, anyway, he's a smart guy. And he's smart guy. Us. Yeah, and he's, and he's also just always enjoyable to talk to. It's true. He's got a bunny. He does. Let's, let's find out how his bunny's doing on the other side of this. Justice Mosqueda, coming up next. The number you dialed is... Packing Company. So we're here with Justice Mosqueda. You know him as Justice Mosqueda. Um, 
He is on Twitter at Jumosk, J-U-M-O-S-Q. He writes for Bleacher Report. He co-hosts uh, the Setting the Edge podcast with Charles McDonald. He is the god of Packers Twitter, as far as I'm concerned, for draft stuff. Every year comes out with a spreadsheet that shows who at what position fits the Packers' thresholds. And we'll talk a bit about thresholds, as we don't know what they're going to be this year. So here to talk about linebackers, defensive line, and the offensive line is Justice Mosqueda. How's it going? How are we doing today, boys? I am living life. <laughs> you can't you know. see me, but I'm holding the microphone because we don't have a stand. Actually, we do. I'm just holding the microphone. There's no excuse. I can confirm that Ben is living. Yeah. And uh, Zach is also living. Yeah. And uh, how's uh, beautiful Oregon? Oh, it's super rainy, and oh. I have to take my rabbit to my to a vet in like an hour. That is. Other the, than that, we're we're living good. Other than that, that can was, we like let's just that was pa- a very Oregon sentence. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's pause for a second because I because uh, for those that don't follow you on Twitter, first of all, again, you're doing Packers Twitter wrong if you're not. But so I've become aware uh, of your rabbit and a, a medical condition. How's your rabbit doing? Can we walk through a little bit of a status session here? Yeah, so my rabbit like broke his foot like two weeks ago, but they can't figure out how he did it because he broke. It's like high in his foot, and like rabbits have like weird elongated like palms yeah. of their feet, I guess you would say, right? Yeah. But it's like he broke like the middle bone super high up in his foot, and they can't figure out how he did it. So it's like a whole ordeal, and they don't know if it's because he's getting older and if he had like bone cancer or something, or if he just busted his foot. But I think we think. That he's gonna be fine, but we're about to find out soon. Yeah. Do, do you think it's gonna impact his draft stock? Oh, I don't. I don't know, but I'm definitely. I'm gonna to try to get him to do a mock draft. I, and I will just write up stuff from the mock draft that he does. So. <laughs> you you just said more about injuries uh, than John Fox said in his entire career. Like, <laughs> you know, when we did part one of the draft extravaganza, we kind of talked about position groups as a breakdown of need for the Packers. So. Out of defensive line, linebackers, and offensive line, would you do you want to start with needs on the edge or needs at offensive line? I think guard is probably their biggest need right now, right? Just because there's just like functionally not a body there yeah. to take over. All right, so let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about the offensive line. Okay, we can do that. So I, I guess I would start by saying like. If you look at what Ted Thompson did, and obviously Ted Thompson's not the general manager now, mm-hmm. but if you look at what Ted Thompson did, it was almost exclusively looking at blindside college tackles. Even guys like uh, Josh Sitton was a right tackle for a left-handed quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So it like, even comes down to details like that yeah. through the first four rounds. So if we're talking about a guy who's going to be plugged into guard, he's probably like by Ted Thompson's standards, probably he's playing left tackle at the college level. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure with that if that's going to stick – you know, with Goot or not, but when you look at what he did in free agency, I mean, they almost exclusively targeted guys who came from the athletic profile that Ted Thompson had kind of laid out, like Jimmy Graham, Muhammad Wilkerson, the cornerback for the Chicago Bears, whose name I'm I'm forgetting right now, Fuller, Kyle Fuller, yeah, Kyle Fuller, and then uh, Tremont Williams, who like Tremont Williams and and Dominic Rogers Cromartie were like the only two cornerbacks who graded out better than uh, Devon House, according to Pro Football Focus past the Packers athletic minimums, right, and were free agents. So I, that was my big thing this whole offseason was like, it's got to either be bring back Tremont or like sign Dominic Rogers cromartie and Cromartie said that he wasn't going to sign until like late April or something, like right before the draft. So um, that I feel like that one was pretty easy to peg. But if you look at how the Packers are using their pre-draft visits 
they're using him very differently because what Ted Thompson used to do, basically his entire the entire Packers run that he had was he would bring in guys who were like either fifth round or lower. Yeah. And really, if you look at what the Packers do, I mean, when you get down to draft boards, I know the the uh, Dallas Cowboys draft boards leaked out a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at how many guys that they have actually graded as draftable as like fifth round, sixth round, seventh round picks, it's like five guys around, yeah. right? So like these are borderline like free agency pitches when they're bringing guys in and trying to work them out and stuff. Yeah. Um, this year, it's all like big names. Like it's guys like Vita Vea and stuff like that. Yeah, who, Derwin James guys today. Who, yeah, guys who might not even be on the board. So I wonder if this is like a paradigm shift from Ted to Goot, because this would be one of the ways that we would be able to tell before the draft. You know, free agency, he basically looked like a Ted Thompson, you know, who, like, knew that free agency existed, right? right. Yeah. But with the pre-draft visits, <laughs> I can't tell if it's just that they're drafting high so that, like, they can get the top 14 guys all in, uh, like, all in the house, right? Yeah. And then figure out who they actually want. or And, like, if they were picking, like, 30th, they would just be doing the free agency pitch stuff, right? Yeah. Or if it's just like a complete paradigm shift to like, yeah, we're like bringing in legitimate, like first round prospects on visits now. That's that's funny. I've never heard anybody actually say that before. But it is like Brian Brian Gutekunst, his like his free agency method, as we've seen play out here in the the last couple of weeks. It's just like Ted Thompson with a phone plugged in. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ted Thompson who like knows how to like surf the internet. The uh... like Ted Thompson who knows how to text. Ted online. All right. With the tackle thing. I just I always saw that as more of a value proposition. Like it's like why bother drafting a guard prospect when you could just draft a tackle in the you know like a fifth round tackle that you can slide in at guard easily. Do you see that changing? Like um no, unless it's like unless like the offensive line coach right uh, what's his name Campman mm-hmm. doesn't have the same pull as as he does or as he did under ted thompson yeah if not then it, it should be the same but there are, there are guys who pass like the athletic measurements that they looked out for um and are like playing guard so like at tackle right now it's like colton miller mm-hmm. and like brian o'neill like very much like the the project offensive tackles yeah right? like guys who are kind of like jason spriggs coming out who pass these athletic measurements but when you look at guard um like quentin nelson like pretty obviously smashes like their their thresholds yeah um will hernandez the kid out of uh uh, utep yeah he's another guy who passes that but he would like those guys weren't playing offensive tackle so it's kind of an interesting year i i think that a guy like hernandez if he was available in the second round that would be a slam dunk i don't think that quentin nelson's going to be there in the first so if we're talking about 14 it's kind of hard for me to imagine that they take an offensive lineman unless their idea is to kick Balaga in. That would be the only – and then still, like, what are you going to do? Like, you draft a tackle and then, like, Jason Spriggs is just, like, your swing tackle. Like, yeah. A very need, expensive and, swing tackle. And the need isn't there. I mean, it's 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 a need, but it's not a use your 14th need as I see it. Right. And there aren't really guys like that in this class, honestly. So, like, Isaiah Wynn isn't going to pass their athletic measurements. Um, like I said, Will Hernandez is more of, like – He's being talked about more as a guy drafted in like the 30s than he is in the teens. Yeah, and then Quentin Nelson is just like not going to be there. He might. He's like he t- might go to like top, top five. Seven, yeah, he's yeah. crazy. He's he's Bane. 
Uh, he's a monster. He's Bane. I was I he they uh, the NFL Network was on at the gym last night as I was on the elliptical and they were it was all offensive tackles and guards and I would just watch it like nothing to make you feel like you should just leave the gym than watching Quentin Nelson like ma- maiming people and being like yeah, I'm never gonna do that so I'm just gonna there's go. the there's the two highlights that they're gonna show on draft day like over and over again it's the choke slam yeah. against LSU where he just straight picks up a linebacker and just throws him to the ground. And then uh, the Georgia game, there's one where he's he's the left guard, right? Mm-hmm. And he picks up a blitzer, like the right D-gap. So he's, like, working, like, five gaps over and just, like, spots this guy and nails him, like, so his freshman quarterback doesn't get touched at all. And I'm like, I don't even know how you see that, let alone, like, execute it. Yeah. Uh, he's. I mean, he's a special talent. I, I, and there's no way the Packers draft him, but he's he's really fun. Um, and so, now, now I have a very vivid image of... of you at the gym on an elliptical watching NFL being Network, depressed so, yeah. by uh, Quentin Nelson highlights. Uh, so who Makes do you? I mean, who after fourteen and after probably forty five? Because I I don't see them going offensive line that early, but I might be wrong. Um, who do you know? Who are some names that you see the Packers having their eye on potentially? I think a sleeper guy who people really aren't talking about is uh, Joseph Notaboom out of TCU, just because. If, if we're talking about the best pass rushers out of the Big 12, honestly, TCU probably had two of them. Mm-hmm. And one of them didn't even get invited to the combine, and Matt Boson. Um, so, like, Joseph Notaboom really didn't have any, like, head-to-head matchups with anyone other than Ogbeniel Karakuo, the pass rusher from uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, like, he drops into coverage, like, every other play anyway. So, like, he kind of plays in that, like, Tyus Bowser role, yeah. that, uh, the pass rusher from Houston last year. Um uh, Deion Jordan's probably another guy like that, the guy way back from Oregon who's now with the Seahawks. So, like, Joseph Notaboom's like an athletic freak who kind of, like, tested out super well. When you watch him on film, you don't really see one-on-one reps, and he wasn't really, like – he wasn't, like, highlighted at, like, these All-Star games either. So I think he's kind of, like if – we're, if we're trying to pin down, like, the – what used to be – like, you be you used to be able to set your clock on, like, the Ted Thompson fourth-round offensive line special. Mm-hmm. Like, Joseph Notaboom would be very high on that list for me, the kid out of TCU. Yeah, I mean, he's got a 4.9640. Uh, let me see. Eight foot six uh, broad, and his three-cone is 7.65, and he's doing all that at 309, six-foot-five. Um, grown-ass man. That is a big guy. <laughs> And a 30, 34 and three eighths wingspan. Um, okay, twenty seven on the bench. He actually has the highest on the bench of the um, of the Packers kind of threshold of both left tackle and um, passing all the other um, athletic thresholds. The other two, they, they you know, Will, Hunter, uh, Will Hernandez got thirty seven on the bench, and Quentin Nelson got thirty five, but they're both guards. Um, right. Yeah, so I mean Joe Notaboom, that's that's the uh that's that's the Ted Thompson special. Anybody else? I know I know you said Colton Miller earlier. Um Yeah, but I think he's kind of like a sleeper to go high. Like honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Colton Miller went as high as like uh when, when do the Patriots pick now? Like 23? Like it wouldn't yeah, surprise me if he went that high. Because the Patriots, like, full on. I know people are talking about moving up for Josh Rosen and stuff right now. The Patriots don't have a left tackle. Yeah, wait. The Patriots just lost, like, a a $60 million left tackle, and they really don't have any way to replace him. So I figure that they're going to be in the tackle market if they aren't trading, you know, mortgaging the franchise to go up for a quarterback. Which, brief aside, how funny is it that they have to do that this season? 
It's hilarious. Um, I think it would be funnier if if they jumped the Jets and the Bills for a quarterback. <laughs> that would also because there there would be nothing and like the Dolphins because the the Dolphins quietly restructured Ryan Tannehill's contract. Like it happened. Like it, people paid attention to it for like a half a second in between breaking news in March, right? But like the Dolphins are no longer sold on their quarterback, and their quarterback is probably like in terms of job security, like second in the AFC East right now. So like we very well might see a situation where like. When when the when the Patriots turn in that pick, if they do trade up in the first round, like the best three quarterbacks in the AFC over the last couple of years are all Patriots. It's like Tom Brady and two of Tom Brady's backups. Yeah, crazy. So Colton Miller is probably not on the board for the Packers. Anybody? I I, I was excited by Alex Kappa for a while. I don't know how you feel about him. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, so I saw him firsthand at the Senior Bowl, and I was excited. He didn't test out like the Packers needed him to test out. Yeah, he's one of those guys that if they're gonna break the thresholds, like I'm, I'm potentially okay for them doing it for you know one of their three fifth rounders for Alex Kappa or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I saw him at the Senior Bowl, I was super impressed by him. Um, there weren't really many that many guys that I was super impressed by, like guys like Tyrell Crosby. Like he very obviously like did not have the feet to be like a left tackle that doesn't get help from either a tight end or running back right but mm-hmm. people still kind of liked him because he was kind of up and down but you could see the ups on him but i don't know i, I like consistency from offensive linemen alex capo was a guy who kind of brought it every single play so i thought he was interesting but i'm not really breaking down like humboldt state film like i just kind of saw him at the senior bowl practices and uh rewatched the senior bowl game when i got home which is probably better than breaking down the Humboldt State film. Like, what are you, what are you going to see on the Humboldt State film? People underrate people underrate the, uh, or I guess overrate the ability of like human eyes sometimes. Like sometimes I really can't tell what speed looks like on like all twenty two. Yeah. To be totally honest, like especially from like the end zone cam, mm-hmm. which people like really like for uh, defensive linemen, but. I really like using like the wide shots and even TV angles, honestly, because I, I guess my eyes are just like used to. I, I I know how to match that speed to like what goes on paper. Your you reference, know I mean? your reference point sense. is set. Yeah, and it's not really like I'm never looking at a defensive lineman and being like, "Oh, he disappeared." I have no idea what he's doing. Like you know, DBs or wide receivers, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, I'd much rather not break down all 22 of Humboldt State film. That is fair. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. (laughs) 
So that's one side of the of the bruisers. I think it's safe to say that the Packers are probably going to be looking pretty hard at some edge uh, guys. What do you? What do you? What's your take on the edges this year? Yeah, I think early on, um, I'm not necessarily a take Marcus Davenport at 14 guy, mm-hmm. um, and he's really the only other guy that I would even think that is like worthy of being in that range other than uh, Harold Landry and Bradley Chubb. So I think if like, and I don't think Chubb is going to be there at all. Right. Like yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't, I've yet to see a mock draft where Bradley Chubb was available at 14. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of like a Harold Landry or bust early on, like first round edge rusher. Yeah. If they trade back, like there's a bunch of guys that are like in this class. Um, I think guys like Josh sweat were like misused in college. He's very obviously like, uh, he's somewhere between, you know, that Danelle Hunter and uh, Bud Dupree spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So I think guys like that are very, like, if, if, like, a team like the Titans, I think they're drafting, like, 25th or something. I'm off the top of my head. It, like, at the end of the first round, like, he makes a lot of sense there. He would make a lot of sense in Green Bay. Um, but if we're talking about strictly 14, like, Harold Landry or bust, honestly. Yeah. And then, so, and, and I mean, I think some people are looking wistfully at the uh... – what is it? Two thousand nine draft where they traded, where they picked Raji and uh, Raji and, and Clay. Yeah, and and trading back into the end of the first to to pick up you know Davenport or one of those if they slide. Um, how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel about Davenport? I mean, he's one of the ones that really kind of the the consensus is all, not all over the place. Like it's all pretty good, but it's it's kind of a question of how much stock are you going to put in projection, right? With Davenport. Yeah. So like. When I went down to the Senior Bowl, he was being like people were talking about his floor being like the Tampa Bay Bucks at seven. I want to say, yeah. So like that was like really too much for me to buy into, and I just kind of was like, I don't get this at all. First, I want to say two or three days of practice, he wasn't doing well, and then he kind of broke out the last day, and then at the game, he obviously did well. Um, the thing with Davenport, honestly, is just his pad level. Um, you know, it sounds kind of corny to say that a guy who's six six has bad pad level, mm-hmm. uh, but there are guys who are six six plus, you know, who are able to play with their hands above their eyes. Davenport just kind of straight up stands up, so like his bad reps look super bad because it's like he looks like he's dancing with an offensive tackle for <laughs> for five seconds when it's not, you know when when he's just shooting straight up and he's not getting that first step and he's not winning inside hands. So I think he's like a very easy evaluation in that it's like the one thing he has to fix is his pad level Mm -hmm. but that's also something where it's like that's bending your ankles and your knees and your hips and how you use your hands so it's like a very nuanced issue it's not a quick fix yeah so i i guess like the davenport thing like i would feel a lot more confident in saying like yes or no on davenport based on like the confidence of my defensive line coach telling me like okay, yeah, I know how to fix pad level. Or, like, if, if you don't think that you can fix pad level, right, if you have a defensive line coach who, like, specifically looks at pad level and is like, that's something that you can't teach, he probably can't teach it, and you probably shouldn't draft Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's that easy. And then so uh, some of the other names that have been coming up around the Packers and the Edge, um, and, and this is – you can debate whether or not this is a true Edge guy, but um, how about Leighton Vander Esch? Oh, the Boise State linebacker? Yeah. I honestly haven't seen him that much because I've been told that he's an off-ball linebacker. I haven't really seen him that much or uh, Edmonds, the uh, off, off-the-ball off linebacker for Virginia Tech. Tremaine, those are guys yeah. yeah, those are guys who I, I've seen a lot of people ask me questions if they're outside linebackers like for three, four teams. And I'm like, honestly, can't tell you because I'm still trying to burn through some of these guys, so I don't really have an answer there. I know a lot of people don't really like him like in terms of like – 
the film guys. Like yeah. the film guys are kind of out on those two guys. They think they're on the ground a bunch. So they they think they're more athletes than football players. I don't know. Can I can I ask you about a name you might not have heard in a couple months? But I remember when I when I first started when it when draft saison started up. I remember you pat you you posted a couple um, mocks, and one of the names that kept popping up was Hercules Mataafa. My son. And, My son uh, Hercules. And he's so like, where are you at on him right now? Yeah, so he's so weird, man. Because there's one of these guys every year. Because usually I'm able to, so I I run these numbers. I have this thing called force players. It's like a very, it it act it for for draft metrics. It's very accurate in terms of uh pre, uh pre, predicting just like basically basically like if you're super athletic and you're able to produce by like 23, like you are going to be an NFL starter for like eight years, basically, yeah. right? Unless you're Sean Merriman who has like four crazy years and then you bust out of the league because like you did roids and then you got to get off of roids. Yeah. Um, and he was a guy. So like being able to like pattern match like film and those numbers over out of a half dozen years now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to like pretty accurately predict like guys who were or weren't going to pass. So like Harold Landry and Hercules Mataafa were the two guys that I thought were going to pass. Turns out only Harold Landry is Mataafa just had a horrible combine, and I have no idea how to explain it because when you watch him on film, it's all athleticism all the time. It's why he was able to lead college football in tackles for a loss as a 240-pound defensive tackle. Yeah. So I, I really don't know. I, I Like the, the testing doesn't really make sense to me. So now I have to go back and rewatch the film. And I see him, and I still think he's borderline second, third round pick, in my opinion. I see places that have him as like fifth, sixth round guy. I I can't believe that. But uh, so I mean, if the Packers took him in the third or later, you're okay with that? I would. Yeah. Thumbs up. Have him, have him, Reggie Gilbert, and uh, Vince Be- and uh, Vince Beagle uh, fight for that third pass rushing spot, and I'm I'll be the happiest person on earth. Because I don't think like the the issue with the Packers in terms of like pass rushing coming off the bench isn't necessarily that they don't have guys like. Uh, Reggie Gilbert did amazing in the preseason. He did great when he got on the field, you know, For in the regular game, season. Yeah. Beagle, Beagle was doing fine when he was actually on the field and wasn't hurt. Um, so it's not necessarily that like they have no depth behind Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. It's just more that like the guys who should have been getting those edge three, edge four reps either weren't healthy enough or weren't on the roster, uh, to get those reps. And then once they were on the team, they weren't getting those reps ahead of, uh, What's the name? Brooks and uh, Fackrell. So I, I think it's more that that's I guess that's why I'm kind of Harold Landry or bust because I'm so confident in Harold Landry just kind of like being the guy. Like I think if they drafted Harold Landry, like Nick Perry might have to move to the bench as like a fifteen million dollar player, right? Wow. So I think uh, yeah. So that that's just kind of my logic on that one. If you want to add depth, uh, add depth, but do it because you know you have there's a good player like Mataafa staying there, like being there in the third round. Instead of just like forcing a pass rusher. Yeah, totally. Um, so one thing, uh, a point in favor. I mean, not that you need points in favor of the uh, force player metric, but I remember that you had um, Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry as a force guy a couple of years ago. And I, yes, I think sir. so far that is borne out to be like a really solid projection and a good, uh, good way to find value. Are there any force players that you have your eye on this year that you're like, these are Packers type guys that, you know, the team could easily take a take a chance on in the third or later. 
Um, not really just because there are, like really aren't that many guys who passed so far. Um, a lot of guys didn't test. So like out of the 24 highest graded edge defenders, when I was like trying to make uh, consensus rankings, uh, 12 of them didn't complete testing. So like I wasn't able to tell yes or no if they were or weren't force, force players just based off their combine numbers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to wait until NFL Draft Scout uh, updates with their, their pro day times completely. Um, I know some guys like Sam Hubbard are definitely not after just seeing like the the numbers that are leaked out there. Like yeah, those guys, totally. you can kind of rule out. So I th- I think right now um, I'm confident saying uh, Harold Landry, uh, Rasheen Green, who is a uh, like defensive tackle basically yeah. for USC, but he's playing in like the 280s. I don't think that I, I watched him on film a bunch. I'm not sure I'm in on him. Um, Kylie Fitz, the pass rusher from Utah. He was a five-star recruit coming out of school or high school, um, like All-American, all sorts of stuff, right? He ended up going to UCLA, transferred, ended up at Utah. His first year at Utah had a breakout year, then he got hurt. So he's kind of a weird guy, and then he got lost in a rotation. I don't know if you guys remember last year, Utah had two guys that were drafted, I think, that were pass rushers. So it was was kind of a weird situation where he was like – should have been better than he always was. Yeah. Um, but when you watch him on film, he's athletic, but they have him dropping a coverage a bunch. It's kind of a weird type of situation. So he's more of like a fifth round, like day three type of guy, fourth round type of guy. Yeah. When um, I saw, I, lo- I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, he looks like Kyler Fackerl and I don't like it. Um, but I think if <laughs> after the fifth, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a late Just round. Not guy. in the like third. He, Please. No, not in the third. I, I'm thinking of guys who, at least uh, Josh Sweat's probably the other guy. Uh, who's going to pass the force players metric just based off of the numbers that I saw leaked out there. Um, he He's really interesting because they Florida State fundamentally did not use him in a way where you would say that he's a pass rusher, right? Mm-hmm. They would line him up on the offensive tackle or in the uh, B gap. So like basically like kind of, kind of either a true three, four defensive end or uh, under tackle, like a defensive tackle, like uh, Mike Daniels type of guy, but he's only like 250 pounds. And they also would have him make tackle reads, which is like your your get off is based off of when the offensive lineman moves because you want to be a run first defender and you have to like read that guy. Right. So you yeah. might as well have your eyes on him. But that's a real like run first anti penetration type of position. Yeah, because when you have your eyes on the ball, you have a quicker get off. And like in terms of like a pass rusher making tackles for a loss, making sacks. Right. Like all those things are based off of how great your get off is yeah for the most part like i really do think that get off is like 70 percent of the game um for like a pass rusher so like josh sweat was put in a bad position basically his entire career and then he had like knee injuries so i i, I wonder what he's gonna do because he's like i said Danell hunter is probably the closest comparison that i've seen because Danell hunter was the exact same way at lsu in that bo pelini style defense where he wasn't really able to get off the ball like he should be able to and then he tested at the combine and did great so I think that's like the kind of boom or bust type of guy, but I don't even know if he's going to be there in the second round. And then, uh, I mean, and and how much of this, have you kind of started factoring in what you think Mike Patton expects and and uses how he uses personnel as kind of what draft fits are going on or no? Yeah, so I I broke down Mike Patton's defense from like a front standpoint for the Cheesehead TV draft guide. So that should be coming out like within the next week, I think. Um, really like edge defenders are just kind of edge defenders. Like they're really not dropping those guys into coverage that much. Um, they're just kind of pinning their ears back and going after the quarterback, no matter if there's five guys on the line of scrimmage or four guys on the line of scrimmage, no matter if it's a two point or a three point, those kinds of, those guys, those guys are just kind of getting after the quarterback. The way that it impacts their defense in terms of personnel, in my opinion, is if you look at what Penton did, 
he really didn't use three techniques as much as you think he would. So it was a bunch of like they would run true three, four defensive spots, right? Where it was like two fives and a one technique, like a true nose tackle. Mm-hmm. And then um, they would do stuff where they would line up. Like it would be a four-man front, right? So like a four-three like you would think. But instead of a three technique and a one technique, a guy in an A gap and a guy in a, uh, a B gap, right? They would mm-hmm. just line them up on top of the guards, yeah. which is like the same thing we're talking about, like that Josh Sweat guy, um, how he's kind of playing out of position. It's an anti-penetration uh, type of role. And that's what he was doing with two defensive tackles, basically. Yeah. And that's very different from what Ted Thompson or from what happened under uh, Dom Capers, where it was basically like we care about penetration and we care about interceptions and we don't care about anything in between. Yeah. So I think that kind of hurts guys like Mike Daniels because Mike Daniels is like prototype three technique. But they also in sub packages, they they'll roll out with two, three techniques. So in some ways, it's like in terms of how many functional bodies you need at that position it's like three technique in terms of volume of bodies is more valuable but in terms of like how much that one singular starting three technique means to that defense it means less so uh what what position do you see as kind of being at least in the front in the front seven like who's who's the who's the star in a patent defense in a patent defense um i would probably say the ends okay yeah I i would say the end so i think um, if you can get a motivated Muhammad Wilkerson, he's going to dominate in this type of defense. Um, I don't think Mike Daniels is going to be bad. I mean, we've obviously seen him play like two tech and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think like I just kind of think that he's even in Capers system. He's kind of been held back a little bit like he's a guy who can for sure just shoot the gap and just like dominate guards one on one every single play if you needed him to. And it's just kind of sucks that he hasn't really been able to do that like week in, week out like he would have been. Uh, Seattle or Philadelphia or something like that. Yeah, is there? And so, what about what about like front three guys? Um, what names are jumping out at you? Who boy, um, this class is kind of weak at defensive line, honestly. Like in terms of uh, like defensive tackles. Yeah, next year's class is super good. Like it's the Rashawn Gary and like Baby Bosa and Oliver, the kid out of Houston that people have forgotten about for like two years, but still looks like a Dominican Sue. Like next year's class for defensive tackles is a lot better. But this year, there, there's there are guys, but they're just kind of projects. So it's like Maurice Hurst is pretty close to like what Mike Daniels was, right? But he has a heart condition mm-hmm. um, that was flagged at the combine. So no, like I don't know what to do with that. I play scout. I don't play doctor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. someone else is going to have to help me with that one. Um, Vita Vea is a nose tackle, but he's not really like a penetrator in any sort of way like you can find guys like Vita Vea in my opinion on the free agency market like there are guys like you can't find a Mike Daniels on the free agency market you know what I mean unless the Miami Dolphins get into a cap situation again where they have to cut and Dom can sue and then after those two really the only other big names in this class are like Deron Payne from Alabama who's a like a penetrating nose tackle right Mm -hmm. but the issue was he recorded more tackles for loss in uh, the the national championship game than he did the rest of a senior season combined. And really, if you watch a season like front to back, and I did because I was watching all these Alabama prospects like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, guys like that, Payne really only had like two games. He had like the Florida State game to open the season and then the Georgia game at the end of the season. So I don't know if it's a motivation factor or what, but, you know, bookends, he looks like a top 10 pick. Every, every uh, other game in the middle, he looks like a day three guy. And then Taven Bryant from Florida, who's basically like – there have been a lot of guys who have been athletic and like had no idea how to use that athleticism before. Like uh, uh, what's his name? Hagman. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of 
like that that was a that was a big one. I'm trying to think of the other one. Uh, Robert Kamdiche, he was another one. But like Taven Bryan, like people talk about him, like he's JJ Watt. He's like he's JJ Watt with a lobotomy, maybe. <laughs> like they straight up line him up in they line him up in the B gap. They shoot him one on one with the guards, and he'll run his at like he'll win that first step every single time. But if the play isn't drawn up to go to that B gap, he'll just run his ass out of the play. Like it's really one of like the weirdest films I've ever seen in my life watching him because he, he's fun to watch and like you could see how a defensive line coach would be like, yes, this is a top ten pick, like he's going to be an All Pro one day. But then you could also see why a defensive line coach would be like, please do not put this guy on my team, like he he will get us fired. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So we got Vita Via. Any anybody else on the defensive line you see um, as a Packers fit? Not maybe not in the beginning, uh, more in the middle rounds. I, I was thinking because well, what's your take on Montrevious Adams? If you uh, if you I, have one. I didn't really like him. You don't honestly. really like him. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like him. It wasn't really surprising to me that he couldn't find himself on the field. Um, he was a guy like last year Senior Bowl. He wasn't doing well one on one practices and stuff. So that didn't really surprise me too much. He really wasn't that athletic coming out either. Um, if we're talking about like later round guys, I would probably say uh, Nathan Shepard, the guy out of Fort Hay State. He's from Canada. He had like transferred from like two different like D2 schools or something like that. He's a little bit overage. I think he's like 25. Mm. I think he dropped out to do like construction or something at some point. But yeah, he was a guy who dominated in senior bowl practices until he broke his uh, hand and then he had to get pulled out. But then I guess he like healed his hand fast enough to be able to do the bench press and stuff at the combine. I'm not really sure. And then uh, some sleepers, I would say like Folorenzo Fadakasi. He's a kid out of U- out of UConn. Um, he's like real life nose tackle, not really a penetration guy, but he can like push the pocket if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like he can he can he can generate pressure, but it's not like going through a gap. It's like going like slowly churning through a center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who I found interesting when I was watching him. And then uh, Puna Ford, who's a 5'11 defensive tackle out of Texas, who's like if you think that a guy like Mike Daniels is undersized, this guy's even more undersized, but he plays that same type of role. So if we're talking about, you know, the Packers might need that second three tech for, you know, their double three tech formations on third down, Puna Ford could be a guy that they might be able to find, you know, 
third, fourth round to play in like key situations, which he's, that he's, that was fine with me. He is dense too, right? Like he's five. I'm looking at it. Maybe the spreadsheet's wrong, but I'm looking at five eleven, three twelve. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yep. That, that <laughs> yep, pretty much that checked out. out. Yeah. The the weird thing with Ford was that he wasn't invited to the combine at all. Yeah. What was up? The, I, I feel like I'd heard his name getting thrown around like last yeah. year, maybe. And then yeah, he's. The co- the combine stuff got super weird this year because I guess to to get a combine invite you you had like I guess the way that they do it now is they send out ballots to thirty two teams and they're like give us your like top four hundred prospects right but not every team is in the market for a five eleven defensive tackle yeah so and uh, to qualify you had to be on the list for like eighteen different teams so oh, okay. if there were fourteen teams who are not in the Puna Ford market but. 10 of them think that he's a third round pick that he's not even getting a combine invite. So I yeah. guess that's how that type of thing turned out this year. And there are a lot of agents who are like super mad that their guys didn't get in, even though uh, their guys are going to go, their guys are going to get drafted, but they didn't get to show up to the combine because they changed out how uh, the voting process went. Basically. Well, that at least explains the Shaquem Griffin uh, debacle. Yeah. And then, yeah, it doesn't explain so it, it well, like but <laughs> at least there's a was rationale. There was like a hundred, there was like a hundred, uh, like at large spots basically mm-hmm. after the voting happened, which was the Shaquem Griffin thing. Yeah. Where it was like, we were at the senior bowl and everyone was like, Shaquem Griffin, a hundred percent is getting a combine invite. He just wasn't on the board for 18 plus teams. Yeah. He's going to be an at large guy. It's going to come out like next week. And then sure shit happened. So how do you, uh, I mean, I know you said you haven't really started watching off ball film yet. Um, but you know, Sha- Shaquem Griffin is a, is a nice segue. Are there any off ball guys that you're like, Whoa, this is a guy. I mean, Griffin, honestly, because I watched a bunch of UCF stuff this year just because that offense was so fun. But defensively, he was definitely like the guy. And he was a guy that we've known about for probably two years, I would say. Because even when like – Well, at least uh, when his brother was drafted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his brother was drafted in like uh, last year. He was like, I want to say like third, fourth round pick. But even then – Third like, rounder, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, the linebacker was showing off when when you were watching the DB tape. Um, in terms of off-ball linebacker, Rashawn Evans is like super cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid out of Alabama. Um, I don't know if that's biased because he like half played like a hybrid edge role for Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and he did, he did really well at it last postseason, not this postseason, but last postseason he did really well at it. So I think he's a really interesting guy. Um, if they're looking for more athleticism you know, off the ball. I think he's a guy that definitely would fit that mold. Um, but other than that, Fred Mo- Fred Warner from BYU is a guy who's getting a bunch of hype right now. Um, I know some people have said that, you know, maybe you need to move uh, Hercules Mataafa off the ball and sort of like a Carl Bradford type of transition, right? Hopefully better than Carl Bradford. Um, but other than that, yeah, those are probably my guys would be like Rashawn Evans, um, Fred Warner, and then Hercules Mataafa if you want to move him off. I mean, Warner's an interesting name, and and also just like Kylie Fitz was before. I mean, the Packers have taken so many players out of Utah in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, and they like blow. Part of it too is because they like blow up the combine and stuff. Yeah, like I was I was talking to an agent who like recruits out of Utah. He's a West Coast agent. He recruits out of Utah and like the area and stuff. And like he has like this. He has like this conspiracy theory basically where he's like, these guys don't drink, and that's why they do well at the combine. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how much I buy into that, but. They keep doing it, man. Utah yeah. keeps pumping out these athletes. Well, that and they're like twenty three a lot of the time, right? Like, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of the Utah guys who end up, you know, they they've done a mission or something, and they're they're weirdly old for NFL prospects. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I and do you have a, a Roquan versus Tremaine pick or no? 
Uh, I haven't really seen Tremaine, but blindly, I'll speculate that Roquan is better. Yeah, Roquan yeah. is so much. <laughs> I, I, if the Packers we trade up for Roquan, I'm like pretty into that. I can't help. I'm, it. I'm in. I'm in. Like I'm. I really don't care about linebacker play that much. I think they're trained pigs. Um, like the worst pass defense is still better than the best, or like the the best pass defense is still like worse than the worst run defense. If that makes any sense, that was really wordy. Uh, Basically, like if you if you bait a team into running, you're still winning that game. Yeah, like, yeah. running is punting. Yeah. Um, but Roquan is just so fun to watch, and I think he can make you know, significant impact in coverage and stuff. I don't, I don't think he's like a run specific player as much as he's just like a side, sideline to sideline athlete, honestly. Yeah. Right. Running is punting. You got to hashtag that and then copyright. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, I, I can't remember who was tweeting about it at the end of the last season, but, um, you mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Already. That the Patriots basically gave up more yards per play, I think on the ground than any other team, but it was like classic Ben don't break. Um, yeah, and that the and saw, the expected value of of like even a successful rush play is like below the expected value of an unsuccessful pass. Like, yeah, down over the I game. saw someone uh, someone tweeted at me today with like the expected values of punts and runs, mm-hmm. and you're actually like better punting the ball every <laughs> single down rather than running the ball. Like, it's just so stupid. Like the way that the NFL runs, because you watch stuff like the Big Twelve, right? And, like, a lot of innovation is happening in college and in high school uh, – at the high school level. A lot of high school coaches and stuff won't run against a six-man box. Yeah. The NFL is do- doing that all the time. And, like, just from a functional perspective, if there's a six-man box, like a base nickel, right, mm-hmm. against four wide receivers, you – there's six defenders for six gaps and you have five linemen. Why would you run the ball against that? It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like, if you watch, like, Big 12 football and stuff, it's like these linebackers are dropping into coverage and people hate it. But it's the only way that they can bait teams into actually, like, running the ball because they have to throw, you know, a dime defense. Because yeah, they yeah. figured out, wait, why would we run the ball in any situation where we, we can't put an offensive lineman on a box defender and just cover it completely when runs are so, you know, so, so much less in terms of, like, a yards per play value than passes. Yeah. Um, do you have any crushes? Uh, we did like a, a, a three names that if the Packers were to come away from this draft with, you would be a happy Packers fan. And I know draft crushes is like a bad idea in general, but we're doing it anyway. Hey, I, I love one out of 32 odds, right? Yeah, <laughs> it could be could be worse. <laughs> um, Mata Alpha is definitely one of them just because okay. I want to be like just selfishly I want to be able to see like week to week like what the hell he's going to be in the NFL yeah. just because we don't see uh, you know 240 pound defensive tackles who like lead college football and tackles for a loss you know move to defensive end or pass rusher at the next level so that that's one guy I want to see for sure um, Anthony Averett of uh, Alabama he's kind of like a slot corner for him mm-hmm. but I think like I, I don't know if we need a guy for like the Micah Hyde role, Micah Hyde role or like, you know, early career Casey Hayward role, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who could fit it. Absolutely. And he passes all the Packers thresholds. He's basically like the prototypical like slot Packers corner. So I think he's an interesting guy. Um, I'm trying to think. We need a receiver. I've got to figure out which receiver we need. DJ Moore, uh, Michael maybe. Gallup. DJ, DJ Moore is not going to be there. I know he won't, but I want him. That's my issue. Um, Michael Gallup's a guy. 
who I think is really interesting, the guy out of uh, Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Miller is crazy. Like, Anthony Miller had, like, 300 yards and, like, 12 touchdowns in the red zone last year. Yeah. No one had, like, half of that. Anthony He's Miller crazy. was uh, one of uh, our, our – on draft extravaganza part one, that was what the big crush um, was, was Anthony Miller. He's a freak. You could, like – like, honestly, so, like, you look at guys like Anthony Miller. If, you could check this out, too. If you go to, like, his ESPN stat splits, you could figure out how much how, how much yardage he was getting in, like, the red zone. He had, like, 300 yards in the red zone. Guys like DJ Chark had, like, two. Yeah. Like, not joking, like, two receiving yards in the red zone all year. So he's a guy that, like, if you look at the style of football that, like, Aaron Rodgers plays and, like, the Packers play in general, where it's, like, basically on his shoulders once again in the red zone, they don't really help him out much. Uh, he doesn't really need that much help. I think just like Anthony Miller would just be like a perfect transition for, you know, if they do want to get rid of Randall Cobb, you know, even next year. Mm. All right. Those are good. Dra- those are good. Uh, good. Um, dra- uh, why am I blanking on the word? Crushes. <laughs> nice any, work, Ben. Any, yeah, I'm a pro. Anything else uh, you want to get off your chest before we uh, cut off? Kaiser Hive. What, what, what about it? No, not much. I'm just really excited, and I'm really scared that like the Packers are gonna try to hardball Aaron Rodgers, and he's gonna like demand a trade to go to the Chargers. Because other think... than that, oh man, <laughs> I well. So wait, so what do you think about that trade though? I mean, like, where were you on Demarius? Where are you? I know you were high on Kaiser last oh, Demar- year. Demar- Demar- Demarius was undoubtedly the the top defensive back or top cornerback. I want to say defensive back because Haha was still better, without um, question. So that 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 like hurt their depth. I guess signing Tremont Williams helped them out, but I don't know. Like, I hope Kaiser turns out well. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence to say that like rookie years don't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz just turned around after historically awful rookie years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you go back to guys like like Bradshaw and Elway, who were just awful to start their careers. Troy Aikman, um, guys more recently kind Payton, of in that medium range, Payton's like rookie uh, year Matthew wasn't Stafford. That great. Payne's rookie year, uh, uh, Derek Carr. There's a bunch of guys who just like do not produce like when they're 22. Derek you know Carr I mean? still isn't very good though. Let's let's just go on the record with that. He had a year. He had a year of above average play where he was like the seventh best quarterback in the league. Wasn't he, but, what, wasn't he yeah, playing all last year with like a fr- fractured vertebrae or something? Uh, something I don't know. But he, I, I'm just not convinced he's that good. But <laughs> I'm here for. I'm also here for like the the Cleveland effect being a. Give, yeah. Oh, give, I mean, Cleveland is such a shit show. Listen, <laughs> if if Deshaun Kaiser makes a Pro Bowl, like the, I will burn the city of Cleveland down <laughs> by myself. Yeah. But with hand, yeah. No. Um. Yeah. So and so, I mean, I don't I don't see any way Kaiser sees the field. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to jinx it, but like, I I think Kaiser has enough time to turn it around. As right, a let me just write down that timestamp so we yeah. can cut that out later. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, classic Bob McGinn move of publish- publishing that article about how the Packers will survive without Aaron Rodgers, and then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt the next day. Not great, Bob. Please don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We talked. We talked Kaiser a lot. Um, I don't know if we've. It's it's really hard to come to a conclusion on a backup quarterback. Uh, there's not there's not that much to say. Uh, other than hopefully yeah. you don't have to not that much. watch. Preseason them. will be fun. Preseason will be fun, yeah. but preseason. Will, you know what? Takes. Preseason was there fun with, with Brett. Like I thought, Brett was like the the end all. Preseason DL. was fun with Deshaun Kaiser last year. That's if you go back and watch, listen, I'm going to suggest something that you shouldn't do. If you go back and watch that New Orleans Saints, uh, Cleveland Browns preseason game from last year, it was very fun at the end of it when Deshaun Kaiser just threw like a perfect pass as like a walk off game winner. Oh can, man, can you even find those? Is that like part of the NFL package? Can you like watch last year's preseason games? 
I don't, I don't know. You, I bet you could find it if you're like a real degenerate. Anything except <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. They just act like those never happened. Um, speaking of, of backup quarterbacks in the New Orleans Saints, I still wish we had Taysom Hill. Anyway, that's probably our cue to end it. Uh, it's been great to have you. Uh, always, Once we start talking about Taysom Hill, we got to pull the plug. It's always a uh, wealth of knowledge whenever we have you on. Justice Mosqueda co-host of Setting the Edge, uh, featured writer at Bleacher Report. I don't know if you're featured or not, but you should be. A featured columnist, sir. Featured columnist. There you go. And if, if you don't know about Force Players, you should look them up. They're good. At Jumosk, J-U-M-O-S-Q. Setting the Edge is at Setting the Edge? At Setting Edge. At Setting Edge. And always a pleasure. Great to have you on. I look forward to you figuring out the Packers' new draft thresholds uh, in the next year or two. Anytime, guys. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Have a good rest of your draft season. We'll talk to you soon. I feel like my head hurts from how much knowledge he just shoved into it. That Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that it's also, like, exceedingly large men that he shoved into your brain. <laughs> 5'11", 300 pounds. What's that guy's name? Puna. Puna. Puna Ford. Man. Yes. That is an interestingly proportioned human being. <laughs> a massive dude. Big thanks to Justice Mosqueda for taking uh, a lot of time to uh, to talk to us and fill our heads with knowledge. I actually just, like, you saying that made me realize that he's four inches taller than me and twice my weight, yeah. which is, like, really difficult to He's like to a character imagine. you would make in Madden to, like, you just think it's funny. He's like the fat guy in uh, ice hockey. <laughs> He's like wider than he is tall. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to our draft extravaganza series. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We might even get another one in before the draft strava reality. We shall see. Should I hit the polka here? Yeah, do doing? it. All right. We are polka Um Big thanks uh, last week to Jake Ogden at Seeds of Jake on Twitter. So uh, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we've given you guys uh, a lot of names to look into, some draft crushes to develop just in time for the draft starting on April 26th uh, for all your hopes and dreams to be dashed, the rug pulled from under you. We've said enough names that one of them will show up. Yeah, we got to get my, one of them. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, no, great to have Jake on. Um, great to have Justice on. Always a pleasure. Love that dude. Um gonna say um a couple more times you're very critical of uh of your voice and your your speaking proficiency i have uh you know someone was on uh, on twitter put you on blast for the quality of your voice i you know blame my parents i guess i don't really know what to say um nobody likes the sound of their own voice recorded it's true i should smoke more cigarettes it's because i quit smoking i should i should sound like this um i'll just say um three more times before the end of this podcast uh that's one that's there you go where was I going with that? I don't know. I, I you like, might as well uh, get your lost. second um out of the way. Nah, I'm going to need it. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> there, there it is. is. There it is. All right, guys. Uh, have fun with the draft. Uh, keep it locked in here. AcmePackingCompany.com. At the APC pod on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram as well. I posted some stories. Um, I don't know why. I just uh, am bored at work. I don't know. Whatever. You're a social media manager. It's uh, your job. I'm not actually. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you are of this. That's true. And it's not a job. <sighs> what is my life? I'm sad. Okay, catch me on Twitter at Ben Foldy. At, catch him on Twitter at Zach Rapport. And catch the other guy who's not here on Twitter. 
Uh, maybe we should uh, make you figure that out for yourself. No, at Alex Patakis. And uh, where can find him. Review us on iTunes and iPads and things like that. <laughs> right. And the other thing that Androids have. That's our cue. Stitch. See you later, guys. Bye. Stitch? You mean Stitcher? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know. The colors of you, I see them too, and boy, I like them, I like them, I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing, we vibing, we vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>